Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I am your host, Yas, and I am joined by Nicole. Hi. And George. Hello. Before we begin, we'd like to give a special shout out to our Patreon supporters for this month. First, we'd like to thank CS Toys for sponsoring us at the Robot Gut Type Patreon tier. You can find a variety of Tokusatsu toys from Kamen Rider and Super Sentai to Ultraman and Godzilla at their website. So go ahead and check out cstoyjapan.com for all your Tokusatsu toy needs. And we'd also like to thank Ryugen Urobuchi for being a producer at the Ultra Patreon tier. Thank you very much for your continued support, Ryugen. If you like what we do here at the Tokusatsu Network, from this podcast to our YouTube channel, to our everyday quality Tokusatsu news coverage, and you want to help support the site, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thetokenet. Some of our Patreon rewards include early access to our podcasts and videos, some exclusive behind-the-scenes blog posts from our editor-in-chief, and a few more surprise rewards as we continue to reach our fundraising goals. So thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon for helping us be the best Tokusatsu resource for new and old fans alike. Um, so yeah, this is our return from hiatus back in 2018. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. Just uh, lots of things to do. Yeah, yeah. How about you, George? Um, I recently suffered a concussion, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> I mean, we could argue whether that was a long-term thing. <laughs> Have you always had a concussion? Possibly. <laughs> Is there something we don't know, George? I mean, there's, there's a lot I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not uh, dead, so that's cool. Always I, a good thing. Cool. Well, hopefully you're getting better. And if you're not, well... You tried. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <Come> say that! <laughs> Alright, so today's episode, we are going to be talking about Ultraman Jeed, the latest season of Ultraman, uh, where you can find it on Crunchyroll.com. So let's start as we usually start our podcast. Uh, what was your first impressions of seeing news of Ultraman Jeed come out before its premiere? Uh, start with George. Um, I was really excited. I've been following Ultraman for a while, but I'm specifically interested in the stuff that came from Ultra Galaxy, which, you know, Ultra Galaxy came at a time when Ultraman was not doing great because Tsuburaya as a company wasn't doing great. So they started doing these shows on the cheap, which were basically shows filmed in front of green screens, and they didn't involve Ultraman characters, but they did serve to expand the universe of Ultraman, so you got all of this lore and mythology that eventually did lead to new Ultraman characters, so that's how you got Zero and Belial, and I've been in love with those two characters ever since they came out. Um, so they were in the two movies, the uh, Ultra Galaxy Legends and Zero the movie, and after that they had some... Belial returned in the Ultra Zero fight stuff, and that was cool to watch. I've always really liked the rivalry between the two of them. And hearing that the new show would not only have Belial as the main villain, but feature his son was incredibly exciting, if only because I figured Zero had to be part of this somehow. And then I also heard that the show was going to be written by a novelist, like a straight-up novelist. And that had me excited, too, because you don't get that in Tokusatsu very often. And the last time we got that was Gain, and I love that show. 
So I was ex as excited as you can be. Koichi Sakamoto was directing. Um, this is this was going to be his first really traditional Ultraman show. So I was very hopeful for what we were going to get. The show looked great. I was a little, actually a little concerned that Jeet himself as a design would be off-putting to kids because he does look kind of scary and fierce and intense. So I was wondering how that would play over, but Jeet performed pretty well as a toy line. So yeah, those are my thoughts. Was, uh, would you consider Ginga S to be a traditional Ultraman series? No, because no? that, that aired in the... That janky, like, six episodes now, six episodes, like, three months later format. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Nicole, what did you think of Jeet, like, before the show started? I remember seeing all the different information on it when we were first getting photos from Subaraya, and I really loved the Jeet suit. I just, there was something about that suit I felt was super slick. Even though the eyes were so reminiscent of Belial, you could still tell that he still had a unique personality underneath, even without knowing anything about the character itself. I just thought it was going to be a really, really good season because it had really good suits. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I thought um, the first image that we saw, well, I don't know if it was the first image that we saw, but the... High first high quality image that we saw of him, like he looked really like different. Um, a lot of like sharp, jagged edges. Um, even his like posture was very like animalistic and just like primal. So mm, that's a good that's a good comparison. I feel like we yeah. haven't seen that before, outside of villains. Right. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't, yeah, a lot of them were pretty like either heroic. very elegant, yeah, elegant or heroic or like you know. They have a fighter stance, whereas he's like, yeah, primal. Um, and yeah, the fact that it was going to be, you know, Belial's son, that was pretty huge because, I mean, Belial was just like such a, a such an imposing villain um, for the past almost 10 years, <laughs> uh, off and on anyway. So it would have, I was really hoping, you know, looking forward to seeing what kind of story they would bring to the table and, um, did we find out early on that Zero was going to be in this? Um, we found out as soon as the catalogs came out because they showed mm -hmm. his power up, but I don't know if we knew sooner than that. Yeah. But everyone sort of assumed that he can't really do a belly all thing without Zero. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was actually really excited for the show as well. So going into... I guess the meat of this, of this whole thing. Um, do we want to start with what our general thoughts of the show are? Or do you want to just jump in right into the... Uh, just a heads up, we're probably going to, you know, lose friendships on this episode. <laughs> so it may get a bit heated. I'm just joking. We're not, we're <laughs> um, this, 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 uh, general opinions of the show overall. Uh, what do you guys think of it? I know I am the minority in this group, but I really enjoy Jeed. Maybe it comes from I am still an Ultraman newbie. Like, I'm still trying to get through the the catalog that is on Crunchyroll and other ones. Um, I've seen, let's see, I'm trying to finish Mabius right now, but I've seen from all of Ginga and up 
So uh, to me, I felt that Jeed was very in line with how much I liked Orb and X. Um, so I thought it was a really great show and had really interesting characters. There were some flaws here there, but I had a fun time watching it. Even if you are the minority in this group, I think you're part of the majority in like the fandom. I think yeah. everybody loves the show. Um, for me, uh, I'm actually kind of disappointed in the show. I don't really like many of the characters outside of Zero. And um, the story just kind of felt a bit all over the place and with a lot of filler that didn't really do anything for me. Um, it just, yeah, it, after Orb, it just kind of felt like a step back for me anyway. Um, I was frustrated with the show more than anything. I thought it was a really cool concept, and I thought they could make it work, but in the end, what we got was something that I felt meandered a lot, and something where the the draw of the show only felt like it was important when it was the central focus of an episode. Um, I wanted to like the show a lot more, because I, I really do like characters like Riku, Raiha, Reito, I love Pega. He's my favorite character in the show. Um, but I just felt like they never became what I wanted them to be, or they never really became interesting characters, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I, it's, I'm not sure what happened, but it felt like a lot of the writing didn't serve them very well. Um, well, it felt like the... Uh, you mentioned something earlier today that was I've been thinking about, George, where you said that this show uses the characters more, but you just wish that you liked the characters that they used. Yeah. Um, like I said, I like Raiha, I like Riku to an extent, I like Reito, but there were all of these extra characters I felt didn't really add to the show, and because of that, I felt like they didn't expand on the characters I did enjoy. And then on top of that, one of my biggest issues with um, Raiha especially is I don't I don't know how you can do a character like that in an Ultraman series and not have her feel wasted. Um, Ultraman doesn't typically have martial artist characters because the bulk of the action, by definition, does have to be in giant form. You can have, you know, human scale action every now and then, but... I don't think that's something they're ever going to do on a regular basis. So with her, it really did feel like she was pushed to the background and her skills never really mattered unless she was fighting Kay. And that was also something that didn't come into play until the second half of the show. Yeah, she was probably my biggest disappointment. Well, one of my biggest disappointments of the show because going into, like, into the series when we find out who the cast were like she was the one i was most like interested in because i mean she's a martial artist like in real life and I'll, and also like kuiji sakuma is uh directing it so like he's gonna do some cool action scenes so i wanted to see her um do a lot of cool fighting and also because like she was she was described as a warrior like sort of on a quest to hunt monsters that, like that's how she was described so i was like oh, oh cool of freaking martial artist monster hunter in this in an ultraman show that's awesome but outside of her like doing a bunch of like ushu demonstrations on her own like she maybe got three big fights in the show 
um, against either Belial or another monster who was for some reason human size for a bit. Um, it felt like she would have been better off in a common rider show. Like I think she would have been she would have shined more there. I'm not sure. I could agree to that. I I think she served a good purpose as a supporting character to Riku, which I also wished that she had more opportunity to show her martial arts and to fight her own battles. But I did enjoy the character development for her that we did see, just to see her backstory with Kay, why she has such a a feud Mm -hmm. against him, why she has so many emotions and her connection to like, Ultraman King and stuff like that. So I, I think she she grew over time, though she could have had more to her story. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. She was at her best when we had to deal with Kay, and I think that's one of the few times Kay himself was interesting. So I actually really liked what they did in the finale by having her act, you know, fight Kay, even though by this point Kay is kind of a non-factor in the whole thing. They made they found a way to make him interesting not interesting necessarily to me but they found a way to make him useful in the show even after you would think he's dead or he's done yeah um i that was also like a really cool it was like it was a really cool scene like having them fight and then sort of the way he goes out was i felt like it was pretty cool like having him like still be kind of delusional and then her kind of pretending to be Belial just so that his soul would be at peace, I guess. Yeah, that was that was definitely a favorite scene of mine, just because she still was able to collect herself, even though she harbors such anger over what happened because mm-hmm. of him. She was still able to collect herself to give him some peace, which to me was so much... It was such a good way to show how much her character has changed. Yeah. I, th- I agree with that. Um, there's one scene at the end where it kind of it kind of shows a glimpse of what I wanted her character and her relationship with Riku to be, and it was when Riku was about to go on to fight the final battle, and they both walk up, and she says she's gonna go fight her battle, he's gonna fight his battle, and they both fist bump while saying the phrase, and I kind of wanted that to be like that kind of relationship where they're, they're not, it's not like she's supporting him. They're kind of both partners in this fight and they kind of felt like equals at that moment. Like, like you're going to do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. We'll be back here when we beat the crap out of these guys. <laughs> so it's like, like that kind of relationship is what I really wanted. Where, <clears throat> whereas in the beginning, it was a lot of her picking up after him, scolding him for like babysitting. babysitting. He'll shoot. Babysitting. And that's yeah. like, it's a pro- it's a it's a problem that I have with her, like they, with the writers not knowing what to do with her, but it's also a problem with a problem that I had with Riku, where it's like he was just such a kid. And I don't know, maybe it's just because we've had I don't know, has there ever been an Ultraman that was this like young and inexperienced? I feel like Hikaru from Ginga in Ginga, not Ginga S, but Ginga. To me, that's where I drew the comparison. But I personally found Hikaru more annoying in that sense than Riku. Oh, no, I, Riku was at least playful. I didn't. In a I way. didn't find Riku like annoying at all. I just found like it just it 
it always distracted me how much of like a kid he was. Like I don't really know if they ever said how old he is. Like the character is supposed to be nineteen. So he acts like he's yeah. fifteen. And I which I mean I can see the benefit of having like a very, you know, childish but like, you know, optimistic kid, you know, like, you know, seeing the light and everything or whatever, but when it becomes like one character is babysitting the other, it kind of become it kind of def- distracts the story from where it should be going. Yeah, and I personally thought it was it created this really weird break between Riku as this nice, loving, gentle soul, and then on the other hand you have Riku as this kind of a spoiled brat. And that's cool if you start him out like that and he grows, but there are points later on in the show, like very late on in the show, where like Pega runs away, and it's because Riku's being kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by, by that point, you would you would hope that the hero has grown enough and experienced enough not to be like that. But it really did feel like with Riku, he was constantly back at square one over and over and over yeah. again. And Personally, I found that frustrating because I think the actor is fantastic. Yeah. He really captures the, you know, like the gentle, caring side of Riku. Who I thought would be a great character, but boy, he also plays an annoying, spoiled brat really good. <laughs> Do you think that side of him comes from Belial, though? Do you think they wanted to show that side of him to see or to? make the comparison or make the stronger idea that he really is Belial's son because he's immature, he's a little spoiled brat, he's kind of a, a dick sometimes. <laughs> I, that's that's where I saw it as well. It's why it didn't bother me too much. Though that episode with Pega, I was just like, oh my god, you guys, come on. I was like, Riku, stop being mean. But <laughs> I, I saw it as... I think Belial, there's still Belial inside of him. He is Belial's son. So he's going to struggle with being stubborn. He's going to struggle with being a spoiled brat, stuff like that. I I felt like that was unintentional. Yeah, Um, maybe. Just because the show, it doesn't really need to draw attention to it for it to work, but I felt like it came out at weird times and it would come at, after points in the story where you think he would have grown already so to me it just felt like certain character beats were thrown at you out of order and yeah now i'm kind of wanting a riku that had to deal with being belly son more yeah like that episode where pega runs away felt like it should have been in the beginning of the show and i think because the show a lot of times shied away from focusing on the fact that he is Belial's son, that when stuff like that happens, it's hard to make that connection because you don't see the show pointing towards it much. So it just kind of looks like, oh, he's just a spoiled kid who has nothing to do with Belial, when it probably could have been, but they just didn't really present it that way, at least to me. I don't know. Maybe I missed something. I felt like they could have done it better. Um, There are times when... It's played for comedic effect, and it works really well. For instance, the time, uh, well, you know, like Riku goes shopping, Rem's like, oh, there's an X amount of, there's an X percent chance that he's going to buy a video game system. And you immediately see that he bought a PlayStation 4. <laughs> I love that episode. That was hilarious. It's so funny, yeah. And that's, you know, that's also where I like 
the babysitter aspect of Raiha because you know she's there with a sword in his face and they play it for comedy there and it works because you don't necessarily have to have those those traits be their main elements so it's funny but when it's done in a way that you don't that's just not done well or not done often enough it kind of feels just really weird and out of the blue when it does mm-hmm. happen yeah yeah i just think peg that pega episode i felt like they forced that kind of personality on riku mm-hmm. to give pega more of a backstory when that could have been way better executed to me that pega episode is the only episode where i see riku as being such a spoiled brat most of the time i can agree maybe he's a little immature and a little rash but that's the only episode where i'm like this is kind of out of character for him yeah yeah it would have worked a lot better at not necessarily at the start of the show but maybe in the first 13 episodes if only because you also get the backstory to a pretty important character at that point. It kind of sucks to wait until the last handful of episodes for that to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember watching that episode and going like, wait, did we know when they met? Like, it, I was like, I had to think back. I was like, oh no, we actually didn't know when they met. Like, I forgot that they had started with Riku and Pekka already being friends. So I mean, it would have been cool to see that beforehand. So as far as like the story beats go, when we first, when the show first starts, we see that uh, Riku doesn't know that he's that he can be an Ultraman or whatever. He just he's he just he knows that he has like weird powers that he can like jump high or whatever, and that he can see his uh, alien friend. But other than that, he's just a normal kid until. That first episode was weird because out of nowhere, like this huge elevator comes out of nowhere and just kind of says, "Okay, you need to come with us. You're an Ultraman. This is your <laughs> weapon. Go." And it's like it kind of just throws him <laughs> in, and it's like that 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 first episode was kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah, I I kind of enjoyed that because I feel like I'm trying to think. I feel like the newer Ultraman shows have kind of done that, with the exception of Orb, because he already had his powers before the the, the first mm. season. But, like, if I remember correctly, Ginga was just, like, you know, Taro just comes out of nowhere and be like, hey, you can be Ginga now. And he's just like, okay. So, to me, that was in line from what I saw with Ultraman mm-hmm. series. But I know that the older seasons have usually characters that already have their powers. Uh, so I can see sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. I've seen, yeah, I've seen those more in the older series than I am seeing in this newer progression of series. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear why you guys didn't like the first episode because I found it in line with all the other Ultraman seasons I've seen at least. Um, Personally, it's... It reminded me of Sentai episodes where they throw all of the toys at you all at once in episode one, and so episode one is majority of act is majority action. But when Sentai does it, it's done in a way where there's so much action going on that the you know the weapons they're using feel like tools, so it never feels like a toy commercial. When G did it, it's like there's this monster attack going on, and all of a sudden. Riku's underground, and here's this table with all these toys out in front of him, 
and here's this robot explaining everything to him and it just like it took me out of the experience and i was really really aware i was watching a toy commercial yeah it felt like the pacing of the of the episode was just kind of all over the place like it just kind of it started off kind of you know slow and somber and then all of a sudden boom 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 and you didn't have any chance to like like sort of digest what's happening um which i mean there's a lot of times where that works because i mean if it's if it's done right it you feel like the urgency of it and you also feel the bewilderment of the hero um whereas here it kind of just felt like everything was presented in a way where it's like okay here we just got to get this stuff out in the first episode and he kind of lost the connection to like Riku and the situation around him. Um, I, don't know, I just feel like a weird break in the story when he got presented with like all of his stuff. That makes me question. Now, I don't know much of Sakamoto's background, but I'm assuming this is his first Ultraman uh, season that he's ever directed, right? No, he didn't. He did Ginga S. This is the oh. first, like, continuous run he did. Oh, see, I did not know that. So, to me, I almost put that down to his directing, as he might not have enough experience with kind of the Ultraman... I don't know what to call it. Like, the Ultraman system of how, like, episodes and, like, the, the ideas behind Ultraman work. But I guess if he's... Well, I don't know. It's It's tough to say. I want to know who came up with that first episode because i can agree that they kind of just presented the jeed riser and stuff like that without much explanation Mm -hmm. which is usually way better if they explain it a little bit more but i don't know if that's sakamoto or maybe that's the writing or something along those lines i know sakamoto was a huge fan of ultraman growing up but i you're probably onto something there like he He's actually the director of Ultra Galaxy Legends, that movie that introduced Belial and Zero, and that's a very non-traditional Ultraman movie. Mm. And then he did Giga S, which is a little more in line, but it's still kind of weird. It's still very clearly a very low-budget Ultraman show. So, yeah, I don't think he's had the opportunity to work on a truly traditional Ultraman show until Jeed, and even then, Jeed is, you know, 25 episodes, not as long as a a Sentai or Rider or even an older Ultraman show. Yeah, that's where I think maybe his inexperience can explain some of like, maybe not the story pacing, but just how in general scenes were filmed. Maybe that can explain it. Or at least that's what I kind of rationalize it in my head. So a big part of at least the first I guess arc or whatever was uh, the character of, of Fukuida K basically trying to collect capsules and summoning these monsters. And he also has like sort of an alter ego as a uh, well-established author, even though nobody knows where the heck he came from. Um, what did you guys think of, of K like as a villain um, throughout the series? He sucked so much. I hated <laughs> He was boring. <laughs> Uh, there was like one time he was cool. It's when Riku got his autograph and he walked away and did this really like menacing smirk. And that was it. After that, he was so boring. Like he was in episodes and I didn't want him to be there. He was like groveling at Belion. Like that might be kind of cool, but they never did anything with it really. 
Um, you just see that he's like a fanatic for Belial, but it's, I think by the time that becomes a major trait, it's, I don't care about him enough to have that save him as a character for me. So it just seemed like he was a, a really poor imitation of Juggler almost in that he's a hero who wears all black, who has his own, you know, he's clearly a bad guy, but you know, he's supposed to be sympathetic. I was never sympathetic to Jug to Kate. Even at the end when he's like dying, I was more I felt bad for Raiha that she had to offer peace to this guy who she absolutely hated. So yeah, he sucked. I, I really hope the next series has a better villain. At first I really thought he was gonna be like Juggler, and I really did enjoy Juggler and Ol Orb. Um even though I had my qualms with him too, at least in the first arc of Orb. But I can certainly agree that he was an underdeveloped villain. I just had a feeling that he was always going to be Belial's lackey. And until Belial finally showed up, he was just going to not be developed at all. And I was right. (laughs) It's weird because he's like so integral to like the setup of the show because he manufactures like Riku. Like he makes... Ultraman Jeed, and he also, uh, what is he? He 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 creates Jeed in order to collect capsules. Is that how that was going? Yeah, he he stole the he stole the Jeed riser. He stole the capsules, and he creates Jeed to like act as a catalyst for the awakening of the capsules. Because they get awakened once the uh, the host of the little stars sort of cheer for an Ultraman kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But someone who is so integral to the show, like, just... He is such... I mean, just like a non-character. Like, he just... He does what he has to do, but it's just... There's nothing to latch onto with him. Whereas Juggler... Juggler kind of felt like Kaiser from Fies, where it's like the kind of character that you love <laughs> to hate. Um, but with yeah. Juggler you kind of found out why he was like that and you kind of felt for him a bit. Whereas here he was always just a lackey. And when he thought he would sort of break out on his own, he, gen- he kind of just doubles down on being all for Belial's like victory for whatever, at whatever cost to him or his livelihood, which was just, it was weird. Cause even Belial was like, Oh, that guy's a fool. Like I don't, why is he still, why is he still loyal to me? <laughs> And that just kind of encapsulates what was wrong with him. Like he didn't have any agency of his own as a villain. And I mean, there's a, there's there's I mean, there's good characters that can just be loyal to their you know superiors. But it always felt like they put him in a spotlight where he should have been more. And when he doesn't do that, it just drags the show along because he's just fighting monsters after a while. You you there's no arch arch enemy. Really? Yeah, he was definitely just a way for the story to just lead up to Belial eventually. Like, it, it was so obvious that at some point Belial is going to show up because Kay is going to get defeated so many times, Belial's going to get pissed at him or something like that. It's just tough because we came off from Orb, where Juggler was his own villain, he had his own agency, he had a pretty understandable reasons why he was against Guy. 
but with juggler it's just he's a lackey and that's all he is or k k sorry (laughs) k no i love guy but k he is he's just a lackey um and the k like when he transforms he turns into belial for like a split second right yeah how that 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 is never really explained in any because then belial does the same thing when he um goes to his atrocious form i think like he kind of they use the same animation with him like just go to hulking out and then like the two um capsule energies go into his mouth and he becomes he transforms so it's i'm just assuming belial just was like here have some of my power while i'm trying to recover or something like that i guess um i kind of hated that because earlier on you did think maybe or i don't know if it was just me actually um i thought k was the actual human host for belial or at least either that or belial himself in human form because there are times when he's talking to other people about zero and he's talking about him as if he were belial he's talking about him uh, as being this arch enemy that he hasn't seen in a long time as someone who's given him a lot of trouble in the past so I don't know, to have him, it, it bugged me so much, basically. It, it did not mesh at all what happened with what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, I think uh, when we were first getting the information, it very much seemed like Kay was going to be like Belial's host, just as Leto mm-hmm. is Zero's host. He was going to be human host. Right. But this this lackey role was something I don't think was executed very well. Though I did like the idea that he was a novelist i did like his kind of like second life his other persona i did find that kind of interesting and i like the idea that he wrote books from belial's point of view of everything that happened and made belial kind of more of the hero and zero the enemy so i thought that was an interesting storyline for him but when they tossed that aside i was like well what is this character now so that leads up to another thing that bugged me about the show and it came in like i think the second half but this other character arie 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 yeah, yeah mm-hmm. who was basically came out of nowhere and was a supposedly a fanatic of uh k and was basically was basically his lackey and did everything she could um in service of him including being like bait for a a false plan to get uh, the last two capsules. But she kind of just came out of nowhere, rescued him when he was like in hobo mode. And then, <laughs> and then a- after she like proves her loyalty to him, he kills her. But then she, wait, he kills her. Malcolm. He kills her, yes. but then she comes back. But that's because Belial possessed her, right? Yes. So Belial only possessed her after she died. Yes. So she wasn't Belial the whole time? No, I don't think so. Okay. At least that wasn't explained enough to make it seem like she was Belial the whole time. It's just just like, I don't know. I I didn't like that her character was introduced so late and that it just, after we already have characters that, well, for me, that I don't care about, another character that I care less about, just it bugged me. I think she, out of all the characters, I did not like because of the way they used her. I yeah. swear to God, 
I am so, so tired of toku shows having women where they're just lackey for either the villain or, like, even the heroes. And they have no agency of their own. They don't care about anything but that person. It drives me nuts. Yeah, it was kind of like another um, uh, Yoko from Gaim, in a way. Yeah, yeah. That's another discussion for another day. But yeah, yeah in a way, she. I feel like they they portrayed it a little bit better in Gaim, where this was just like she was. She didn't have a personality. Mm-hmm. Isn't this the girl from Camera uh, the First? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Wow. Um, I did find it hilarious, but annoying at the same time. That the only reason they. The reason that they chose to go to Okinawa was because she was planning out a vacation with Kay. <laughs> I was like, what yeah. does that even mean? That um, was so funny, though. But I will say the, the the episode in Okinawa looked really nice. Like, it was so yeah. like, bright and sunny, and it's really different from the rest of the show. It's tropical. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's tropical. Well, yeah, but I'm just, it just, it, the whole rest of the show is kind of like, it's always overcast and it's like depressing or whatever. <laughs> like the look of it, anyways. Like it's always like kind of slightly muted colors. But then they go to Okinawa, like all the colors mm-hmm. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, say, the like, location was nice. Yeah. Jumping ahead just a bit. Um, I don't remember if they actually show. I don't think they did. Um, but in the previews for the Jeep movie, you do see a lot of miniature sets based on Okinawa. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool just to get that. You know, you get that difference in view um, when they're actually there physically, but even when they're doing the action scenes, it's cool to see like the miniature palm trees, the miniature yeah. super vibrant yeah. green mountains. Mm-hmm. I always appreciated that in Jeed out of anything. Yeah, maybe the story wasn't particularly the greatest in some spots, but holy crap, the action to me was so good. I loved all the different sets. I loved how um, the suit actor fought as Jeed and all of that. I loved all the different monster designs, to be honest. That was one of my favorite parts, was seeing all the, like, the belly all mashup of all our ultra monsters. So I liked that a lot. Yeah, it, and when it had, like, the big fight scenes, it, like, it really delivered. Um, what was, when Magnificent came out, you had this really cool moment where a song starts to play, and then he's going through all of his different forms fighting belly all. And it's like mm-hmm. it's overcast, it's dark, and it's so cool. It's like really the hero fighting against the darkness. And I that yeah. was probably one of my favorite moments in the entire show. Y'all are gonna hate me. <laughs> oh no. Awesome. There, there's I feel like the first had I have had a lot of good uh fights and moments. I felt like the second half it lacked in it, especially when it's like pivotal moments. Like there was a few that were really cool. Um like the last fight when all of the different Jeed forms are fighting at once. Yeah. That looks oh, really yeah, cool. That was really, that was really cool. Um, and one of the one of the, one of the fights when with, uh, with a king looked really cool. Like I, I just like the style of King, like him, like the sword and all that stuff. Like his, his way of fighting is really cool. I just wish he didn't have the mutton chops. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought a lot of, I thought a lot of the fights at the beginning of the series were pretty good. Like. Like for me, my favorite form is uh, Solid Burning. Yeah, yeah, t- that's a good one. I wish there was there was more fights with him because I just love that style so much. Um, I also really like uh, Agro Smasher. No. Yes, Agro the, Smasher. that's the blue one, right? 
yeah the blue I one I, I, feel, yeah. I don't know if that's the right name but yeah it's the name yeah um i i just love the the sort of zen like movements of him and it's very mm-hmm. elegant and it's very like you know i mean he's supposed to be like a healing type of character so like that really worked for him mm-hmm. but for me like uh solid burning which is such a freaking cool like design and the fighting was really cool with him um i also did like um magnificent what was it yeah 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 i was gonna say that's that was my favorite re- too like this show has really cool forms and really cool like intro fights but then when it just goes like the day by day just kind of they don't try anything i feel like the the previous seasons like even if it was like episodes that didn't that weren't pivotal they were trying different things with like whether it's like different camera angles different ways to like destroy building or just like different perspectives in general like it felt like they were more experimental whereas like this show wasn't as experimental um with a lot of its fight scenes um i don't i'm not sure why uh, it seemed like because like, it seemed like that's 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 sakamoto's thing like he he's an action guy and he will try to do different things with action but for some reason if it wasn't a pivotal episode it kind of just was a, a fight <laughs> that's it for me anyway I yeah know. i think the action I remember getting really excited from episode one, the action in episode one, I thought was really, really good. Mm -hmm. But I can acknowledge that some of like the filler episodes definitely had times where it flopped. But at least in those episodes, I did enjoy the introduction of the different monsters Mm -hmm. and watching like those creations come about. Like my favorite monster is going to be Skull Gamora. That I thought was such a cool look for Gamora. I'm right. totally a Gamora fangirl, though, so I'm, I'm biased <laughs> as heck. But I'm wearing my Gamora shirt today, too, that I bought in Japan. So That's awesome. <laughs> um, one thing action-wise that I really wish they had more of, and it, it kind of would have helped bring more uh, ground-level fights to, to the show, was to have Xena uh, be more in the fights. Cause oh, Zena, God, I loved him. Because Zena is the suit actor for Jeed and Orb. Mm-hmm. So, and whenever he, he had like two fights in this whole show. But when he did, it was like, oh, it looks so cool. Like seeing him just like a professional do all these fight scenes was like really cool. And I thought like if somehow him and uh, Raiha had more scenes together, that would have been like, I don't know. It just, I felt like that, that would have brought more opportunities to have fights. But at the same time, it is. Ultraman is all about giant monsters, not really many human-sized monsters. That also, to me, kind of like highlighted how useless the what was their organization called? AIB. AIB, yeah. Yeah, that just it highlighted how kind of superfluous they felt to the entire series. Um, yeah, especially especially Moa. I I think people. Yeah. I don't know if people like her. I do not like her at all. I don't like. The fact that her entire arc is, you know, like being this Riku fanatic and in a kind of creepy way, because, you know, she's maybe not blood related, but she is technically his older sister. So that anything that has to do with the AIB, I was just not feeling in the show at all. Was she technically his older sister? Or was that just like a thing that he called her? They grew up together in the same household. So it's... You know, not a blood oh. thing, but the relationship was there. Yeah, that I can 100% agree with you. That 
type of storyline for her, no, I'm I'm done. But I did really enjoy the episode where Ari does die because Kay kills her, and she <laughs> feels so like Moa feels so much remorse and like guilt and how she wanted to help her and stuff like that. So I was like, finally. You got some character to you. Can yeah. we get a little bit more? No? Okay. Yeah, like when they do give her something to do like that, that was also my favorite moment over in the show. It's she feels like an interesting character. Like she matters on her own, not just being connected to Riku. And it's like, oh, there are only two episodes left. Okay. I didn't that 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 scene was weird for me. Like it kind of felt like it, I guess because we didn't see enough of it, but it felt like it came out of nowhere, like I didn't get why she felt so, like, crushed by her being killed. Like, it, I don't know, for some reason, it didn't connect for me. It was like the one job that Moa had that episode was to protect Ari from Kay. So that's where I saw it. It's like she feels like she failed in her Mm. job. Though they didn't explore it enough where that probably didn't come across to anybody. But to me, I was like, oh, man, this is... This is finally Moa getting to be a character with a fully fledged personality for once. I feel like that would have landed better if she wasn't so like incompetent in her job already. Like it felt like <laughs> there is a lot of times where she would mess up, like maybe you know clumsiness or whatever. But it felt like there was a lot of times where Zena was sort of reprimanding her for like being like careless in a way. And I mean, she would she would step up to the bat like up to bat when there was like certain times where like there was one episode where it was that alien that came uh down to earth that could read everybody's thoughts mm. um, john from geki ranger no 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 <laughs> it, was a, it was a girl oh the girl the girl <laughs> and she was kind of just you know trying to because they brought her onto earth to help with the case so she kind of had to chaperone her um but then she, that uh, alien didn't understand like because from her where from her perspective her world, everyone reads everybody's mind, so you know there's no such thing as lying. But in you know on Earth, everybody lies, um, so she didn't understand why that was the thing. So then you know Moa was kind of showing her that, but then there was also the whole thing with um, the monster of the week was kind of uh, I think she the monster of the week had a crush on another monster, I think. <laughs> and yeah, that was a good one. And then. Um, at, it all ends with, you know, Moa screaming at the top of her lungs that uh, you should go after her and this and this and, you know, follow your dreams. And it was kind of her projecting what she wants to do because she mm-hmm. wants to, you know, sort of confess her love to Riku at some point, I guess. But she doesn't do it for reasons. Um, so it's like sort of her, you know, cheering on someone else to like go after your love or whatever. And I thought that kind of moments would have been cool to have more of, but when she's not doing that, it's just a lot of her kind of being a goofball. And I don't know, for some reason, that didn't work for me with her. Like, it felt like if she was in this AIB thing, I mean, yeah, maybe she's the Will Smith goofball of the MIB or whatever. But <laughs> I don't know. It just, it it didn't work a lot of times. Then when you bring moments where she's, you know, mourning over the loss of this person she's supposed to protect, it doesn't land for me because we don't see enough of her you know, caring about her job in a way that would facilitate that kind of emotion. I don't know. Maybe I, I maybe, think, I'm, maybe I missed something. I don't know. I I think that 
she I think they've tried to play the comedic aspect a little too hard mm. and it's yeah. something we don't see a lot with female characters I feel like especially in the Ultraman series that I have seen is I don't see a lot of those overly comedic female characters and I'd love uh, to see it and I yeah. did really enjoy how goofy she was as a way to kind of break up the seriousness mm -hmm. but I can agree that putting her into a situation where she suddenly feels guilt and all these other emotions is kind of jarring because it's not really developed very well right i'm trying to think of another like ultra lady that was super goofy like she is but i don't, I don't know enough about ultraman they're they usually don't moa is kind of one of a kind in that regard i think the closest you can get to is uh i think her name's konomi the the glasses wearing girl from Mebius. She... Ko yeah, Ko Koyomi? Koyomi? Konomi? Well, I forgot how to say her name, but she is my favorite in Mebius so far. And she is definitely a little goofy, but compared to Moa, yeah. she has a lot more character to her. I haven't even finished Mebius completely yet. I'm about halfway through. But she has so much more character than Moa. Like, that is the type of character I wish Moa could have been. Yeah, I think I think a character like Moa could definitely work in Ultraman. I think just they, yeah, like you said, they needed a balance of like comedic moments and you know heartfelt moments where she's like into her job, um, and also you know just not have the weird uh, what do you call it? love triangle that's yeah. really not a triangle because one of the people is not into any of them. <laughs> like yeah, Raiha is not hundred like, percent unnecessary. Like Raiha. Yeah, she she's like friends with Riku, but I never got the sense that she actually liked Riku. Yeah, I never no. got that either. No, so not at all. So it's all just in Moa's head, really, and that bugs me more because that always broke up any scene that you know when they were all together. Like Raiha would say something, and then all of a sudden she would freak out because she thinks that they're together. Like even in the last episode, uh, Moa says, "Oh, so you're probably moving out because you know we've." you know, defeated Belial and all this, you know, everything's back to normal. She's like, no, I'm going to stay and, you know, work on the Nebula house and, you know, fix repairs. And then all of a sudden like, well, I'm going to live here too. And it's like, and and then, I don't know, it just, it, it's supposed to be comedic, but it just, it, it doesn't need to be there. Like that whole tr love triangle thing doesn't need to be there. That trope all. is so overplayed. It's so frustrating. It's one of my least, least favorite tropes to see women of tokusatsu in. It's yeah. just like stop this love triangle crap. It's I mean, not necessary. I'm totally fine with like having a love story in, you know, a Tokusatsu show if it yeah. if it if it's meaningful and if it makes you know if it makes sense. Like this didn't make sense because like Moa Moa likes uh, Riku. Okay, fine, but Riku doesn't seem like she he has any feelings about anybody in that way. So she's the only one that is in love with anybody. Because he's still a kid mentally, I feel like. So it's like, of course, he doesn't have any feelings towards like anybody. And he just wants to be a be an Ultraman, be like Don Shine. Like it's so. That's why this love triangle was so weird to me. Yeah, for like half the show, I was like, why is she in love with like a, a sixteen year old? Like I don't get it. And yeah. it's like, oh, she's he's nineteen, but it's like it's still. Uh, why is she in love with her brother? That, that's weird. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's like a whole stuff. that's a whole flash thing. Where it's like yeah. all of a sudden Iris is his like 
adopted sister or something like that. But then they still get married. It's weird. Weird. Yeah. I did enjoy, though Moa didn't get to be as developed as I liked, I did like Zeno-senpai a lot. Like, I liked his character a lot. And especially mm. the two-episode arc that he got. Where oh, my the... boy John from Geki <laughs> Ranger shows up. Where I pretend it's him because he still has that cute-ass smile. But I, I thought that two episodes were really, really good. Yeah, I liked those episodes a lot. I, I wanted to see more of Xena. Like, he's such Me a too. mystery and like, about like his whole like you know, alien race and everything you know, and seeing like how, getting a glimpse at how their society is structured is really cool. Yeah. And like I said, the other thing that's a problem with K is that you find out that K is a certain type of alien, but it's like okay, he can convert energy. Okay, so what? That's it. Um. But yeah, I would have loved to see more of Zena. I Me thought too. it would be cool to like at the end, like the last episode, like somehow he, I don't know, works on the technology in some ways that he can actually move his mouth. Oh my god! Like I was hoping that, that the something. last shot where they all like sort of standing in the sun, looking at the sunset, and they all say like you know that you know that phrase. I was hoping he would like yell at the top of his lungs and jump out jump up with all of them <laughs> that would have been oh. interesting it would have been out of place but i don't know for some reason i just i mean it was out of place to begin with like him jumping yeah, yeah that was the freeze frame <laughs> you just see that dead expression on his face but he jumps higher than everybody else he does it's so funny i loved him so much i kind of wish that he had stayed on the ground like everybody else jumped in, like whoever was holding his hand just kind of lifts his hand up, but he's still standing there, stone faced. Oh my god, that would have been so funny and so in character, too. right? Yeah. would have been, yeah. I don't, yeah, I wish there was more of him. He had his, he had a voice actor doing his voice, right? Yeah, that was not okay. the dude. The dude. It was not the actor. Yeah, it was not the actor. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So the whole story is based off of, you know, I mean, it centers around Belial and his son. Um, what did you think of Belial in the show? It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> How did I predict that? I, it goes back to the whole, unless the episode was about it, it didn't really matter. And I hated that they had to use Belial to serve as a catalyst for Royal Mega Master, which, by the way, dumbest name for anything ever. Um, <laughs> Jeez. It, that suit was kind of cool. It, no, the suit was great. It's just that stupid name. Fun job. Um, <laughs> I just felt like he didn't matter as much as he should have, and it felt like the show knew it didn't have too much else going on, so to give Riku a reason to get that last power up they had to bring him out early and that's cool but when he comes back as atrocious it's like well you already beat him once and atrocious isn't super imposing or anything so i don't feel the tension that it should be feeling yo okay that suit though belly atrocious yeah. it does look cool it does look really beautiful cool. It's... probably my favorite suit of the whole season 
I next to zero beyond. I hated that it didn't last the entire last two episodes, like that he reverts back to regular belly off. I feel like it yep. should have been switched. Yep. Like atrocious should have been in the middle and then the whatever the weird fusion monster thing that he was should have been at the end. Maybe. The atrocious would have been a cool like mid season power up for Belial and have him use that for like half the season. Yeah, I can agree with that. I wanted way more screen yeah. time with that suit. The toy catalogs for Jade came out in two quarters, so by episode 13, you knew that Atrocious was coming, and with every episode that came by, I was like, okay, well, that's, you can only be here eight episodes if he premieres next time. Seven, six, three. Oh my god, he's only <laughs> going to be here two episodes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I wonder if there was some kind of plan for like him to, to for for Belial to be in this show more, but he was just such like a background like entity. Like he was influencing people. Like even if he was in the background character, I wish he was influencing people more than he did, which would have made him uh, more useful to the story. But he just kind of was like an impending threat that you kind of forgot about half the time. It's probably <laughs> because he was off being a Q Ranger. Oh right, who was? Who was he? <laughs> Uh, he's balanced. Yeah. A little busy there. How, man, that is a, that is talent. He went from belly out to balance. Yeah. Tudies. <laughs> like, man, how do you... Tudies. How do you do that, man? It's amazing. That's... See, he was saving the universe while also trying to destroy it. So it's kind of hard to balance that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez. I'm cutting off this podcast now. <laughs> yeah this is where i think giving belly all an actual human host would have come in really 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 handy that should have been k mm. yeah yeah maybe it's useless but kind of interesting <laughs> <laughs> look y'all i'm salty with the show because this is the first ultraman show from the new run that i've actually watched week to week and there's a point where i just thought why am i doing this to myself i don't enjoy this show Orb is my favorite Tokusatsu show, but I didn't see that until it was already finished, despite watching the first four episodes live, so just I got reasons not to like Jeet. Alright, well you can not like Jeet, and I'm going to sit here cuddling with my Jeet plushie like I do every <laughs> night, and I'm going to tell him he's a good boy. <laughs> I'd rather do that with Pega. I love Pega. Okay, I will always, we can talk about how much we like him. I will always be thankful because Jeet gave me Reito and Pega. Yes, can we talk about our fave Leto? Yeah. Come on. If if there was any story that I watched, like I was looking forward to, was Rachel's story, like especially towards the end, where like the one moment where this show really like sort of connected with me and kind of like just made me feel for a character was when, uh, at the end, which is weird, when Rachel is about to go off to you know you know start this whole plan and then you find out that his wife knew the whole time that he was Ultraman Zero and they had this like really emotional moment where he's like he's gotta go and she's like you know wishing him well not knowing he's gonna come back and yeah. you have the daughter saying like oh you know good luck on your job and the wife is saying like I'm gonna I'm gonna make dinner for you and she's like, like yeah I'm gonna be here to to eat dinner with you guys and it's just, it, for some reason that in a show where I'm just like coasting on emotion, like I'm coasting on like no emotion, like that was the one point where I was like, 
Oh man, I really hope he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that gave me a, like I was tearing up a little bit with that scene. I thought that was a really nice scene. That's the thing. This show should have just been like Ultraman yes. Zero yes. the season because there was so much focus on him, which I loved because I love him so much. But all the other characters just like. They were nothing compared to Zero and Reto and his family too. I'm so glad that his wife and his daughter got so much like different types of attention in the episodes. It was really cool. Yeah, I was I was actually really impressed with by how often they had Mamoru Mamoru Miyano voice the guy like in live action. It felt like we went episodes and episodes without actually hearing the actor's voice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And I just, uh, I, I just love that the switch between the two characters, like taking the glasses off, and then he, he the actor was really good at like changing his like posture and his like uh, his mannerisms yes. when he became Ultraman uh, Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm never gonna forget the uh, scene in the alleyway where he's like fighting himself, trying not to transform. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And I really like like the first time he gets really possessed by Zero and he like beats up those guys. Then he comes back and he's like, I'm yeah. so sorry. And just like bows and walks away from all that or like runs away from them. It's so good. He was by far my he's, favorite character in the show. He is the light in a sea of darkness that is Jeet. <laughs> like um, there's one scene uh, again, I guess because I'm referring to the end because like in the past, like, two days, I think I watched, like, six episodes of the last last six episodes of the show. Um, there's one part where um, I think he's trying to he's trying to land this sort of deal, like, for his, like, company or whatever. And he finally gets an interview or something for, um, I don't know if it's for a job or for, like, some kind of contract. And he's, like, outside of the building. He's like, all right, I'm going to be there in a minute. And he goes to the door, and then Moa and Zena grab him and, like, Okay, we gotta go. Uh, we have we have stuff to do. And he, and he, in in one hand, you have Raito, like Raito himself, saying like, "Wait, can I just go in and say hi? Let me just say hi real quick. Let me just go. I'll come back right back out." And then um, Zero is like inside of his head. He's like, "Oh man, that really sucks." Well, we gotta go. <laughs> it was so good. I loved like Zero's interaction with him. And I really liked that Zero kind of grew yeah. in a way as well because he grew to really like Reito's yes. family being like at the end he was like I'm your dad too you know was... I just was like oh, oh my god so yeah so I love that scene where he's basically like anyone else want to see like a really dark alternate version of this show where Zero's slowly trying to erase Reito to actually become the uh-huh. dad no <laughs> I love them I both love the... <laughs> they yeah. both just need to yeah. call parents I like when he's like Hey Mayu, I can be your dad instead. And, and then Raito's like, he's <laughs> like, hey, 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 you're two, you're twenty thousand years too early. And he tries to do the thing and he's like, hurts himself again. And my favorite moment with that's like earlier on when like he beats a monster. He's like, don't mess with my daughter. And Raito's yeah. just like, she's my daughter. And he's like, close enough, <laughs> close enough, whatever. Zero that- was so good. He was the star of the show, man. I loved everything about his character. Like I gotta say, watching Zero's progression from when the movie first, when Ultra Galaxy Legends first came out to now, that has actually been really, really cool. Because he started out as this really angry teenager Ultraman who was exiled to another planet because he broke the law. And now he's a mentor and 
he's like this person that you can look up to and it's just been really cool to watch that evolution that journey and i'm always going to be salty that G probably took away the one chance I had at getting an Ultraman Zero uh, team chip. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was close enough, though. This was very much like Ultra Zero TV show, though. Yeah, kind of, yeah. He, he was in yeah. every, like, pivotal moment. Zero's right there, and he has something very important to do. And Yeah. And then Raito's always there to, like, you know, lend a helping hand, and he knows the risk and he's like sacrificing time with his family it's to a point where i thought that his wife was gonna think that she was he was cheating on her because <laughs> oh he kept saying like oh i had a late you know meeting and stuff like that and i was like and she would give this look and then cover it up by saying oh don't make me get don't worry me like that at some point i thought at the end he was gonna be like okay what's her name i was like i was i thought that was gonna happen <laughs> oh. but then when she this yeah uh, no, and then when she finally says, like, oh, I knew that you're Ultraman this whole time. And I know that you have uh, a very big fight ahead of you. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so oh, good. my God. I thought, to be honest, like, his wife was a pretty good developed character. Even just outside of being, like, a mother and a wife in really? general. She got a decent amount of screen time of being herself, yeah. too. Which I thought was really nice. I was really happy... They, when I heard who the actress was, I was really kind of worried they wouldn't give her a whole bunch of screen time. But yeah, I was really happy with like how her character. Who is she? Yeah, she was the heroine from Ultraman Max. Oh, it's the character is totally different. Okay. Yeah. See, I gotta get to Ultraman Max, but I I really enjoyed. If anything, she was probably, which is to say something, she was probably. One of the most developed female characters, to be honest. Mm. Which is very strange to say as we, you know, (laughs) had... Yeah, we had Reha and Moa and, like, Ari could have been developed, but it happened to be, uh, you know, her. I mean, Rem got decent development. (laughs) (laughs) Her episode was cool. I liked her episode. And I liked the, uh, the actress. Yeah. I thought she had, like, with the dress and everything, I thought the look was so... Rem, it's so kind of alien robot kind still, of thing. I was but. actually surprised by how much she ended up mattering, given the fact that yeah. she was pretty much just a voice. Um, yeah. And she did get these really cool moments. There were times when, uh, you know, Riku found out that the ship was Belial's and that he used to be the master. And he actually asked her, like, whose side are you actually on? And she's like, I'm on your side. It's like, that's yeah. so cool. That's more than I ever thought they were going to do with that character. Oh, I agree. They usually don't do that type of stuff with those types of characters, but I liked it. I liked it. She was kind of like the TARDIS of the show. <laughs> yeah. She even got a human form like TARDIS. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, man, I'm also a little salty we didn't get to see more of like that ship's final form. What was it called? The Neo-Britannia? Yeah. That just <laughs> sounds so cool. Yeah. It became a ship, and then freaking Belial smacks it away, and that's all he see of it. Like, oh, come on. I know. So much potential. Yeah. Good than so much. I will say, when I went into Jeed, I did not know anything about Zero and Belial. And I was a little worried that my not having the knowledge of those two characters and their long-standing rivalry would get in the way but i think the show 
presented those two characters in a way that newcomers wouldn't have an issue trying to figure out, you know, what they were about, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, it does, it really does start out like, you know, Jeet is part of a bigger universe. And, you know, for some reason, Zero's important because he's the ultra that's being highlighted when everything goes boom. So, like, you don't get the full context, but it definitely, it gives you enough to know that these two are connected and to know that Zero has some insight to give Jeet. Yeah, I agree. I think because they highlighted that mentor role so much that it almost didn't matter that much what the backstory between Zero and Belial was because they did, you know, they they did explain it later on in the season. But I think as an Ultraman newbie, I, I at least appreciated that because I know with Orb, I kind of was a little lost at some points with like the different monsters he was using and the different um, Ultraman like uh, characters he would fuse with. But with Jeed, I never felt too lost or anything like that. Yeah, I um, um, when we did the Orb episode, uh, Kitty, the other member on that on that episode, she actually said the exact same thing. She was really lost as to who these other characters were, and I'm kind of happy Jeed at least played that a little more new viewer friendly, which is maybe mm-hmm. why people like the show more than Orb. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised by that because I feel like the story is a lot better in Orb. Jeet is, of course, enjoyable, but Orb, to me, is also going to be a favorite of mine because the story is so enjoyable. Yeah, I was talking to a friend about it, and he's like, yeah, I'm enjoying Jeet, but I actually have no idea what's going on in this show. (laughs) (laughs) It does bounce around a lot. I feel like this is the first Ultraman that I've seen that has like a lot of filler and a lot of bouncing around, I guess, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. It, Cause Ultraman's thing is that it's typically episodic. Um, mm-hmm. The mantra going as far back as the original show was that Eiji Tsuburaya wanted every episode to feel like a mini movie. So because of that, there were very, very rarely going to be interconnected stories. And, I think Ultraman plays that to its strengths, and it knows how to do that very well. But when Jeet comes around, it falls into the trap of like a lesser Sentai. It has a story, but it's the story is not justified by its episode count, so it throws all of this filler at you. That's not. That's also another thing. It it didn't feel like an Ultraman show to me. As story heavy as Orb was, it felt like an Ultraman show, and. Um, the one time I remember thinking, oh, yeah, this has that Ultraman weirdness that I really like was that episode towards the end where the monster kept coming back to life. Like, that felt very oh, sci-fi and experimental. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that because that was like a Groundhog Day type of episode. And I thought that was one of the more interesting ones because you got more I liked that it highlighted all the characters too in their response to this monster keep coming back over and over again. Yeah. And you know how they were annoyed and they're like how are we going to defeat this? It was it was a good episode. Even the like you know civilians were like how has he not defeated him yet? Or they say like if he had done it right the first time we wouldn't have to we wouldn't be here 5 <laughs> days later. Um, yeah. Did anybody else think that the, the the three mothers that they kept showing that there was going to be something to them? Yeah, I thought is that that was weird, and like it kind of just goes back to Ultraman weirdness. Like this is a franchise that has the tendency to give you things like you don't really know what's going on. And it's just the show having fun with being weird. 
Yeah. Yeah, that that part didn't bother me cuz I was it, I guess it it's a, I think it was to show with those three mothers, it was to show how like all the civilians would be reacting to as the days go on. So it was kind of like a I don't know. I don't I don't know how to describe it, but I think that was supposed to show that like the civilians were getting more contempt and being like, "Okay, Jeed, yeah. we know this is going to happen. Are you going to defeat him yet?" So it just was a weird way of doing it. Yeah, there was the the whole cuz at first I was like, "Oh, this is like a weird groundhog day thing." So maybe they'll show something there's some some kind of clue in their like conversation that tips you off. But when it's like, "Oh, it's not it's a, different days that this is happening then i was like okay so what is their gimmick by the end i was like okay maybe it was just that their conversation reflected on the method in which he was trying to fight the monster like at one point they were saying like oh oh at one point they were describing his basically his uh cellular makeup where they're saying like oh you know if he's like you have to freeze him in order to keep them from being like to from evaporating or whatever like that, like, they were referring, mm. they were referencing like potatoes and different kind of foods. Yeah. So they were like kind of a mirror to what was happening with the fight. Yeah. But it took I don't know it took a longer for than I should probably should have to figure that. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that it was just a interesting way to present that. Mm. I, I definitely it follows the Ultraman weirdness to the to the key. But I liked it because of that. Yeah. They had some good episodes. <laughs> Y'all salty over here. Nah. <laughs> um, um, go I'm honestly a little scared that... Okay, so backstory. Uh, Ultraman Jade was really, really, really successful. Uh, Ultraman Orb was really successful. Like, I think the stats for Orb was that it did like 90% better than X did. And then G did 150% better than than Orb. So I'm actually a little scared that the next series is going to be more in the vein of G, and I don't want that. You mean like the toy sales? Um, toy sales and viewership. Viewership, yeah. yeah. Oh, viewership. I know the viewership okay. skyrocketed too compared to Orb. Yeah, um, the thing with Subaraya is they are really... They're like... The, maybe the one tokusatsu company that's really taken advantage of online streaming. So the mm-hmm. show does not get crazy great ratings on TV, but the episodes go up immediately afterwards on Crunchyroll on, on YouTube for their Japanese viewers, and they get hundreds of thousands of views almost instantly. So they're really taking advantage of that, and they're finding a way to push into you know, the online age. And Jeed is doing that for people, and I just, I don't want more of Jeed. I think that, to me, as somebody who's who got into Ultraman because Crunchyroll started streaming Orb, mm-hmm. and they, you know, of course, went through the backlog, I think you might have seen an increased viewership because Crunchyroll kind of finally found their groove on how to really portray the Ultraman shows that were on their, like, drama section. Mm-hmm. So I think the views maybe got boosted up a little bit more, at least on the international side, and that might be reflective of why. But I, I think if there is a different director and a different writer for the next Ultraman, and they keep at least some of the formulas from Jeed, I think it will be successful. Yeah, um, I honestly wouldn't mind if 
uh, Sakamoto came back to direct. It's just the writing wasn't great, and I don't know if that's on the hands of the producer or the writer. I was kind of let down by the writing in the show, so I don't know. I just I like Sakamoto as a director sometimes, but this show did not do it for me. Yeah, he is great for action, and oh, that's yeah. why I really enjoyed Jeed, is the action was so good. But I, I think he needs to be backed by a good story writer yeah. for yeah. him to shine better. Because yeah. we've, you know, we've seen stuff where he doesn't have a good story writer and he doesn't shine as well. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Space God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah, he, he definitely needs a good writer. I think there's some directors that can turn a mediocre script to something amazing. Um, like uh, Kiyotaka Taguchi, I think he's good at that. Or he's good at because he did um, X and Orb. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't the Orb. head writer. He was. I mean, it wasn't a head writer, but I mean, he was yeah. a director. Yeah, yeah director. Yeah, director. So he like he was able to like no matter what the story. Like X didn't have like the greatest story, but I feel like he made that a really fun show anyway. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like his directing style. He's more focused on. He knows how to tap into the weirdness of Ultraman a little bit better than. Sakamoto, mm. and he's also really good at like miniature setups and like you know those kind of shots. So he, the, the creative stuff that I said was like in Orb and X. That's mostly because of Taguchi. So ah, uh, that would make sense. Um, so I, I would I would mind seeing him come back, but I also would not mind seeing Kui Sakamoto get have another go at Ultraman with like a better uh, writer by his side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could yeah. really he would really be able to excel because whenever he did an episode of like Orb or I don't know if he did Orb he did an episode of Orb? I don't think so no. he did episodes of like X I and... he did the Ginga episodes of X yeah oh that was really good that was one of my favorites yeah 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 yeah. So I think whenever he does like when he's not the main director he does really interesting episodes um, I think he just needs a really strong writer if he's going to be the, the main director yeah, I think he can. Re- I, I think, think he can knock yeah. it out the park if he did. I think I. I think I want to hope for for the next Ultra series. Maybe this is my personal bias, but I really like the more mature Ultraman heroes, like the more mature characters, like Guy. I really like. Oh my God, what is his name from Mabius? The actual guy that is Mabius. Like I like when they bring out the more mature characters. Mm. I felt that it was kind of nice to see another younger character, you know, like Hikaru and um, Daichi were. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Riku didn't get enough of a time to grow up because of the shortness of the episodes or whatever reason. So I hope the next series they bring out another, like, older Ultraman character. Uh, yeah, I, I it would be good to go back to that. But I also wouldn't mind a younger character if he's like given a proper arc like growth if he was if riku became a more mature character by the end of the show it would would have had less of a problem with him but yeah i guess we'll just have to see i don't know there's no news yet of any new ultraman really yeah we just got ultraman orb the chronicle going on Um, oh yeah that's true yeah and we have a jeed movie coming out did it already come out no march i think March. And then we mm-hmm. should get news about the next Ultraman series around then. Cool. 
Uh, anything else that we want to say about the show? I didn't get to talk about this. I think y'all did, but I really, really enjoyed uh, Solid Burning. That was my favorite suit in the entire show, and I think one criticism I've always heard of uh, Ultraman is that you know they all look the same. Um, but Solid Burning, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like Solid Burning, it you look at it, it looks like an Ultraman, but at the same time, it doesn't. And I think it kind of does this really cool job of taking the template of Ultraman, but moving it into a different direction to where it's clearly an Ultraman, but they're trying different things out and they're not sticking to the same formula. So I would like to see something like that again in the future. Oh, man. Yeah, that was an interesting suit. That was... um. Oh my god, it was Ultraman Le- Leo, and oh, I can't remember what the Seven. second fusion. Yes. Seven. That's why I was like, those two suits in particular, I thought were very interesting designs that are a little bit different than the other Ultraman suits. Mm-hmm. So I loved the combination of it. It's a little, it's a little gaudy, I will admit. Like the head <laughs> is a little gaudy on mm-hmm. Solid Burning, but it's so different than the other suits. I did enjoy it. I, I love that it had like moving parts when it's like transforming. Like it kind of like it's like a robotic, like chest plate or whatever. And he freaking yeah. has rocket legs and rocket feet, the hands <laughs> to do like punches and kicks. Was like, oh god, it was such a cool form. I wish he had been used more. So mm. cool, and I love that. I just anytime that they have like Leo and Seven together in like any format, I'm just like, yes, this is awesome. Like, because <laughs> the whole when I figured out when I put together the whole lineage of like from Leo to Zero, it's just like. Oh, not Leo. Um, seven to zero. Yeah. Through Leo. Mm-hmm. Through Leo. It's like it's such a cool, cool thing. I kind of want to watch the Legend movie again. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that movie, Cole? I have not. I really need to though. You've got to. You've got to watch the Zero movies. They're so I have a good. lot to catch up on. You yeah. can actually watch that once you finish Mabius, because it is a sort of like a conclusion to Mabius as well as the beginning to Zero. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd love to see that then. I think it's still good. Well, I don't know. If, it was one of those movies that you it had like official subs on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see. You can. I don't know if you can still find it, but. Um. Yeah, I'm sure I could. Yeah. Uh, anything else anybody wants to talk about to mention? Do you want to try to <laughs> George and I? Do you want to say something positive about the show? To end it yes. Up? <laughs> can I hear something positive? <laughs> Tell me something you actually liked in this show. I like that it gave me Pega. I'm, I, I cannot <laughs> express how much I enjoy Pe- Pega as a character, and that is why I hate Riku because he made Pega sad. <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. That episode, I was like Riku. Come on. <laughs> so mean to Pega. It's not cool, man. Yeah, like I. I liked Riku in concept, and at times it was cool. I think a better show would have been G with Riku learning from Zero, from Reto and Zero, and Raiha being somehow more integral to the plot. But I think to do that, you would need to fundamentally change your character. Yeah. Yeah. It almost felt like Reha should have been an AIB. Yeah. And also, Moa, oh. Moa should have been part of the uh nothing yeah <laughs> <laughs> come on guys uh, let Mola. me also complain just once more i hated the opening song 
What? Yeah, I, oh my god, I love the opening. I loved the opening for Orp, but like, Jeed was a letdown. And again, it's <laughs> one of those things that got I me salty because shook. at the start of every episode, I'd be like mouthing the lyrics and halfway I'd be in, why? I don't like this song. Why am I doing this? It's because you secretly like it. <laughs> don't lie to yourself. If you're mouthing the lyrics, it means you actually like it. I loved the, the ending theme, I am though. so disappointed. The, the ending theme is really good. The last part of the opening theme is good. Like the, the last know? like the last like five seconds. <laughs> I am real shook right now. I don't care that you guys don't like anything else, but I am real shook you don't like that opening. Because I play it like every morning on my drive to work as I play the Jeed opening. Because it's so upbeat. It like gets me pumped. It's, I mean, there are worse Ultraman All the Ultraman openings do that to me, though. Um, I, think, I feel like we should do another... A Jeed podcast with people who actually like this show. <laughs> I feel so bad that we're ragging on the show, but it just—it's. I don't know. I don't. I, yeah. I don't also, know. like, I didn't like the the actual visuals to the opening. <laughs> this is supposed oh to be the positive God. part of the show. Stop. It's just somebody like Stop. the orb opening visually was beautiful and really creative, and here it's like. Yeah, let's just have him pose and give him like fancy, you know, crazy spiky credits. By the way, they forgot to credit Moa's actress in like four episodes. Oh, I didn't. You can that. like go back yeah, and watch is, the episodes, yeah. and her name, like, they're not in those big fancy credits. It's like it's the actress, no credits. Boo. Yeah, that, that's Boo. weird. Yeah. So what? But you are so picky if you're going for the visual. No. I think it's hard because we went from Orb, which just excelled in so, so many Like, ways. And I don't even see that as being picky because Orb really stepped up the, the presentation of the opening credits. It was, it struck me in a way like credits really don't usually do. And, you know, you had the characters had posing in these really weird, dramatic had a persona persona type of feel. Yeah, and here it's just, it feels very, almost Sentai-ish. Yeah, maybe they're taking some of Sentai's formulas. Don't. That w- I'm not <laughs> surprised by that. I mean, yeah, like, don't. But I, I do get that sense. Now, did you think, like, the title cards were bad, too? I mean, what else would you dislike? I like-, <laughs> like, did you not like the font on the title cards of the you know episode? The font, you know the font that, uh, Crunchyroll uses for the subs. I didn't really like it. It was way better. On <laughs> they could have done more of Don Shine. <laughs> oh, can well, we need a okay. Don Shine miniseries, man. They they will. I remember they have episodes on the G Blu-rays. I'm pretty oh, right. sure yeah. where it's like Don Shine episodes. Yeah. So they that's gonna be there. I'm sure it'll float around the internet eventually. Um, I will. Oh, but, okay. So that does remind me of something I really enjoyed was. Uh, when you get that flashback to Riku being a little kid and being scared and Don Shine giving him the uh, that fist bump. And then, like, all of a sudden, Raiha's behind him in his flashback and then Riku's an adult. I thought that was really, really well done. Yeah, that was a good episode. I, I liked seeing Raiha kind of, like, save him, to be honest. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it felt like she mattered in a way that wasn't tied to her, like, being a love interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she never was. Yeah, yeah that show. It's got like Moa's idea that she was a love interest somehow perpetrated within the the rest of the season for yeah. some reason. Yeah, 
But I'm glad you liked that. <laughs> Is there another thing you like? Um, oh. I liked I liked Moko, that monster from the earlier episodes. The yeah. <gasps> Which one? Yes, the the little furry one, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, the healer. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was so cute. I wanted a plushie of that. So like, I was badly. so happy that they got to stick around with its partner. Like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yaz, now tell us the things you liked about Jeet. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's over. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Rude. I'm kidding. Um, like I said, I uh. Raito and Zero were the best parts of this show. I loved that character. Both characters. Mm-hmm. And I just liked the whole family as a whole. Um, yeah. I love the. I really like the designs of this whole show. Like all the Ultraman forms. Um, for the most part, I love them. Um, I like the different takes on like the, the sort of combination of different monsters. It was really cool from time. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as far as the whole Dawnshine thing, I did like that. At the end, he became Don Shine for other kids. In mm-hmm. a way, like, that was so sweet. Yeah, um, and I like seeing him sort of realize that now he is Don Shine in a way. Yeah. Um, uh, I like some of the action. Some of the action is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> some. <laughs> Start running at things. <laughs> oh no! Wait, quick, quick side note. Did you guys like? Um, Ultraman Zero Beyond that suit. No, and like how that. Oh, I okay. So Y'all, I got my vinyl figurine of that like <laughs> over on my shelf. For me, that I'm is the fight about because this. I saw the drawing of it from the first catalog and it looked really really cool, but something about that just did not make the transition to a live action suit very well. It felt like the helmet was too bulky for the suit, like. The neck on that guy was too long. The... You guys cannot see me shaking my head right now. I'm shaking it so hard. Okay, look, I, I, I don't mind this. I, 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 it's not bad suit. Like it, it works for me. Um, I do like how he fights in that suit. Yeah, like, I like his, I yeah. like the um, how he has the blade scythe thingy, and it's like whenever he slashes with it, it becomes like this huge like energy blade. It's really cool. Like I, I, I like, yeah, I, I like, like that too. I like how he fights in the suit, and I like for the most part. I like the design of it. Um, yeah, I'm just saying uh, that. I mean, but like I Zero just, already I, had a really cool ultimate golden form. That's my. Well, that's the thing. Like that's the thing. Like I like Zero's main suit is one of my favorite suits. Like I just, I just love the combo. Uh, like his colors, his color scheme is really cool. Mm-hmm. So he's already one of my favorite suits in general. So. The ultimate suit is like, oh, it's, it's cool, but you know, it's kind of like Kiva. Like Kiva, Comrade Kiva, I love the main suit. All the other forms is like, oh, whatever. I, I go back to yeah. the, go back to the main one. <laughs> <laughs> go back to the. I do like Zero's just like base suit, but I feel like Beyond was like a cool upgrade in a way. Yeah. And of course, me loving all the the newer. Uh, Ultraman heroes. I really liked how he used the capsules that had two of the heroes in them. Okay, can we talk about how incredibly long that first transformation was? Okay, I totally agree with that. That transformation was really long and they did not need to make it that long. But I love having the toys for that, though. We saw that thing for the first time at Japan World Heroes. Me, Yas, Mm -hmm. and a couple of other people were on the stairs 
and someone's like, hey, have you seen the transformation for uh, Zero's power-up? It's really long. And we're like, no, let's watch it. And we're like two minutes into this thing. It's like, oh my god, it's still going. <laughs> yeah, because he, he has to summon the two separate ones, so it's four. And he's got to fuse them. Two. Huh? Yeah, he has to fuse them, then it becomes two. Then he has to put those yeah. in, and then he puts the eye thing onto his face. It's like, holy crap. Uh, Wait, you forgot the step that he puts the eye onto the riser, and then he puts the oh, riser right. by his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first transformation was terrible, but every other time that they used it, where they just kind of just used the capsules then and there, I liked it. I liked it. It's, they're kind of my favorite capsules, next to the Gamora and one. I do like how Belial would often mention like the Ultraman that were being used in the capsules, so when Zero mm. fought him in Beyond form. He's like, "What are a bunch of brats gonna do to me?" Or when uh, mm. Riku fought him that. in Magnificent, he's like, "Oh, you took on the form of Ken. I hate Ken." Yeah, I think they Ken? did that very well compared to Orb, yeah. where Orb didn't really reference the old, um, like the Ultraman characters or the Kaiju or anything like yeah, that. Very so. random and- before. I, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And also, Ken is uh, the real name of Ultra Father. Yeah. See, Nicole knew, Nicole knew this. But when he, Get out of your game, yes. <laughs> I know this somehow. What? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but you were talking about uh, Mac, uh, King Form, right? No. Um, no, Magnificent. Magnificent. Oh, okay. The Ultra yeah, Father so yeah. and whatever uh, the other right, right, right. Ken is father and uh, mother is uh, Mary. Mm-hmm. Mary. See, even I know this because of Jeed. I know this. <laughs> uh, see, that's a problem. I, I, I didn't pay attention. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, see? Y'all, I'm going to surpass your ultra knowledge one day. It's not difficult. And it's all because of Wow. Yeah, probably not. Wow. <laughs> it's not difficult. Screw you. Screw you. <laughs> Nicole, do you wanna, what do you want to say about the show? I think, as somebody that doesn't know much about Ultraman, it was at least a fun show. Where, in my opinion, the worst Ultraman season I've seen is Ginga. So I am happy to have anything that was better than Ginga. And <laughs> I think Jean was definitely better than Ginga. So I had a lot of fun. And I think this was Orb I watched mostly through while it was live but jeed was the first one that i did watch all the way through live so i guess maybe i have a little bit of an attachment to it mm. i can see that being the case i've had that too <laughs> <laughs> where it's not the greatest season but you like it anyways i still like bill Kinger. <laughs> oh told you well, I mean, that's that was an interesting episode. Are we all still friends here, or no? I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. No, I'm no, no, no. I knew this. I'll only fight George over his dislike of the opening. That's it. But Pega. Oh yeah, but I love Pega too. Exactly. We, we can we be can united agree. in Pega. Yeah. Yeah. Don't think about the crappy song. Just think about Pega. <laughs> <laughs> it's not crappy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, did y'all did y'all know that the the two vocalists? This is totally random. Uh, the two vocalists of that song were actually uh, members of the Ultraman X cast. 
What? Yeah, so what? the two team members who are always in a, like at the control center. Uh, yeah, they they're the two singers. Whoa. Which there's quite a bit at the control center in X. So the ones that like. never go out on missions. The younger guy and younger girl who are never out on yeah, missions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Basically, the ones who what? aren't um, uh, Snipe and his other friend. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not know that. Wow, my mind has just been blown right now. I need to look this up a little bit more, but I'm like typing into Google right now, being like, "Who are these people?" <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was our uh, episode discussion of Ultraman Jeed. Uh, I'd like to thank you both for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm. Um... And just wasted an hour yelling, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until next time, signing off. Bye. Bye. The Tokenet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. This episode was produced and edited by Yasin Bulhan with theme song by Kevin McLeod. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform, such as iTunes or Stitcher. It helps other Tokusatsu fans find us, and it really does help out the show. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash tokenet, where if you're at the Common Rider level, you can get early access to this episode and our future podcast episodes, plus extra rewards. Team Tokenet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. Network.com.